Hello and welcome back to the To The Heights podcast for this sixth episode. This is Olivia Colombo, and so far this season, we've sat down with different young people of the Catholic Church and those who minister to them, including some inspiring high schoolers, one super cool youth minister who loves otters, an amazing media nun, and the president of Students for Life of America. All of these people have one thing in common. They are reaching to the heights in their own way, in their own vocation. Our title, To the Heights, comes from the translation of the quote, Verso Lealto, by Blessed Pierre Giorgio Frassati, a 24-year-old student, mountain climber, and potentially soon-to-be saint who gave his life to caring for the poor and vulnerable. His literal and spiritual mountain climbing is where the idea of ascending for the heights and reaching for the glory of God comes from. Through my own work in ministry and media, I've had the blessing of meeting so many young people with incredible stories and fire for Christ. And this platform is a place for us to share those authentic conversations and inspiring human beings. And that brings us to today's two very funny and very inspirational guests, Tommy Ty and Steve the Missionary. Tommy and Steve are the co-hosts of Catholic TV's new show, Repent and Submit. Season 1 aired back in October of 2018, and this spring they flew in from California to record Season 2, and I got the chance to chat with them while they were here in Boston. Repent and Submit is geared toward engaging Catholic millennials with their lively banter and insight into the faith as being fun and intellectual. Tommy and Steve are hilarious, and it was a joy to chat with them about the show, how it came about, some behind-the-scenes stories, their lives and careers outside of Catholic TV, and lots about their involvement in the so-called Catholic Twitter community. All right, without further ado, I hope you enjoy the conversation and get inspired by Tommy and Steve's story of reaching to the heights. All right, we are in the Catholic TV studio in Watertown, and I'm sitting across from two very... I'm excited to be here, and I'm excited that you guys are here. Um, everyone has, the second that we got you guys to agree to come on the podcast, everyone was very, very excited. Kelsey and I have been plotting and scheming for many months. So would you guys like to introduce yourselves um, as you point at each other? I will go first. Hi, everybody. My name is Steve the Missionary. I am a YouTube missionary, and I'm here with my friend Tommy to film Repent and Submit with Catholic TV. And my name is Tommy Ty, and I'm a Catholic dad and husband. <laughs> yeah, five kids, and also here to film this wonderful show. Season two of it. Season, season two. two. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So season one of Repent and Submit aired last October, Correct. right? Correct, yeah. Yeah. Would you guys like to tell me what, I don't know, 10,000 view of the mission of the show and what you guys do on the show? Steve says it best, usually. Uh, the mission of the show is to prove that Catholics can disagree about plenty of things within the church, and both sides of that disagreement are actually still within the the playground of Catholic teaching, so that we, we can disagree on various things and still go to Mass together and still not call each other heretic and uh, and still be Christian brothers and sisters. So some of the things we talk about are uh, I think today we just had a conversation about how best to uh, invite and accommodate uh, people with disabilities in our parishes, and we had different ideas. And we prop there if and even a longer conversation said no, that's a wrong idea because it won't help this. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, 
uh, your wrongness doesn't kick you out of the church. And there's so much kind of poisonous argumentation that happens, especially online, that we wanted to show an example and kind of celebrate the the silliness of um, how intensely we take these arguments that don't that don't uh, affect our salvation. Yeah, and that's 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 the mission of the show is to show disagreement without heresy. Yeah, and with a whole lot of humor added in. Mm-hmm. Um, and if I'm right, the show started out on Twitter, kind of. If and it then, wasn't for Twitter, there'd be no show. That's true. for sure. Yeah. yeah. Would you guys like to tell me? So I actually, I reported on the show. Yeah, I don't know. I remember. You, yes. yes. Yeah. For the torch. Um, so I got a little bit of the backstory, which I find very interesting. But would you guys like to kind of say how this all started? How you guys got contacted by Catholic TV? And how, <laughs> how we got contacted. How yeah. you got contacted. <laughs> and how this, how this ended up here. It all starts with uh, pestering people on Twitter with good ideas. I mean, one thing, I mean, it basically starts with... Um, us looking at Catholic television, not Catholic TV in particular, and seeing that there's really like a missed opportunity to speak to people who are of a younger generation uh, with some media that's a little more hip and exciting and interesting and funny. Uh, um, So there's a lot of people online who kind of throw out ideas to like challenge the show, different shows that could like be on Catholic media. So that's what we did. Mm -hmm. Um, And then Laura uh, said, oh yeah, big guy, then pitch me a show. (laughs) which I had no idea how to do. <laughs> but thankfully, Catholic TV has a template that you just kind yes, of fill out. So that's really do. wonderful. Mm-hmm. So we filled it out, sent it in, and she said, all right, let's do it. And then I immediately texted Steve, holy smokes, they just said they want to do a show. What do I say in the email back? I have no idea yeah. what to say. Um, and that's where it kind of started. Yeah. Yeah. And then to keep it relevant, we asked people for ideas. Like, what do you guys want to see on a show? What do you want to hear? What do you want to hear us talk about? Um, And people reply and reply and reply. Uh, We, the show really relies on its uh, online engagement, which was something that was very new to the whole channel. They're like, like, it's in constant conversation with the people that are tweeting about it or emailing the studio about it. And, the, so we, we, and that was from the beginning. What topics do you want us to talk about? What topics do you want us to argue about? Uh, and then there is moment of reactions while the show airs. We're always online. I was I yeah. make during it, the show during the during show, the show. Yeah. Yeah. during the airing. I make after. it an appointment to be on my computer and on my phone while the show is going on yeah. to uh, to engage with the, the the fans and the questions and the comments and the the people that. Uh, disagree are a lot of fun, and sometimes my mom disagrees with with the show, which is even more fun. Um, she has legit said, "I like Tommy better," oh, and, uh, like, and I and like from her one episode too. of the next. That's awesome. So, when did you guys you you each have a pretty large social media following? When did that? How did that start? So, if the show started on Twitter and kind of ends on Twitter, how did you guys start on Twitter and start this whole following? And also, another struggle that I've I've had, especially in writing a more academic article, was defining Catholic Twitter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> how would you define Catholic Twitter, and how did you get there? Jeez, I started on Twitter because the job I was working at blocked Facebook. Uh, <laughs> that's awesome. I didn't know that. <laughs> it was like 2011, and like, there's no Facebook, so I start Twitter, uh, and that, and then uh, I really grew it when I was trying to promote the YouTube channel that I that I worked seeing the missionary. Yeah, and that became a little bit of an addiction. So it stopped being just watch the videos and started me being 
talking to people, following jokes, because that's the thing about these online communities. It's, it, you know, jokes and um, memes and, you know, little phrases morph their meaning through and through. And that through just kind of that engagement and finding people who online who cared about the faith, um, who cared about making it stronger as a as a community, but also within ourselves, and willing to be um, a little bit abrasive, but not hateful. That's that was something that was very that came naturally to me and something that I responded to really well. And there's a lot of people like that online. And by a lot, I mean like maybe a hundred. But, <laughs> but the, 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 when you find that, that I think that's a decent definition yeah, of Catholic it Twitter. Yeah, it is. I agree. Is uh, people f- who, for the most part, are not like promoting a brand or, yes. a, um, or a, are gaining any money off of this, but are creating a conversation and a culture that combines um, seeking a stronger faith with the uh, with the millennial abrasiveness that that we don't care too much about about politeness mm-hmm. and, uh, and 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 then all of the memes and in jokes that come yes. with that. And there are a couple, I guess, like gateways to that. Like follow Sergio or follow uh, uh, the G the GH is silent. Oh, thanks. Those are really good, really good gateways if you want yeah. to like start getting involved in Cath- getting involved in Catholic Twitter, <laughs> all with scare quotes. But um, but it, it is also a lot of fun. And the cool thing is, especially around Lent and Easter, there you always see people who are entering the church. Mm, yes. Yeah, that yeah. is cool. And they're just online. That's just the style of person they are. And they want to tell everybody. So you you get to watch people go through a really powerful experience of faith. It, it, and they live far away from you. You don't actually know their real names most of the time. But <laughs> it's at wannabe Catholic. Welcome to the church. Wannabe yes. Catholic. Yes. Welcome <laughs> to the church. But you get to celebrate with each other. So there's a sense of uh, almost like a parish. Yeah. In in all that, and I'm so happy that because I don't know the people that were in the RCAA class at my own parish, mm. but I do know in a sense wannabe Catholic and her journey. Yeah. And uh, and that makes me that really edifies me in mm-hmm. multiple ways. It's amazing. I mean, it's like the community that you wish could be at your parish. And I think we should, like, help to build that at our parish a little bit more if we can, mm-hmm. like, intentionally kind of being Catholic Twitter at our parish. Because I'm yeah. sure there's people, I've had people walk up to me at my parish and say, hey, I follow you on Twitter. And I say, oh, no, I wish you wouldn't. <laughs> but but that community is so nice of people who are really faithfully Catholic and serious about their faith, but also are fun and have fun and enjoy things. And um, it's nice to be a part of. The hard thing about Catholic Twitter um, is that there's almost no context to anything that's happening. Mm-hmm. That so, like, uh, my dad will follow me on Twitter, and he will say, 90% of the things that you post, I have no idea what you're talking about. And I would say, I know, you have to, like, literally be on Twitter all the time to have any idea what yeah. someone's talking about. So that can be difficult. Uh, and I think one thing that we have to work hard at is to make sure that it's a very welcoming place mm-hmm. because there can be sort of a feelings of exclusivity and stuff like that where it's like, oh, this group of people doesn't follow me or, you know, things like that that can hurt people. And I think that's something that happens in a real parish. And so I'd really <laughs> wish that that didn't happen on Twitter. So, yeah. Sure. yeah. Open yeah. your DMs. Let yes. anybody send you a message. That's, that's, that's been powerful one. for me. Oh. Lots of prayer requests and stuff. It's very good. Wow. Yeah. 
Huh. Yeah, always retweet prayer requests. Yes. These are some rules I work off of. Always retweet prayer requests. Muting is a completely worthwhile thing. Blocking if you need it. And uh, uh, and the, the, the welcoming. Working, work on, yeah. on loving people. Otherwise, you're going to have the same amount of toxicity as any other internet group. True. Yeah. It is like its own parish, and I guess we have to, like... Make sure it's a parish and not just any other community. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. I did want to ask you guys about, so I had a couple episodes ago, I had Sarah Ryan on, who is a teen activist. She's a high schooler. She works in tobacco prevention from a very like pro-life oh, wow. way of cool. doing things. Huh. Um, and we had a really interesting conversation about how young people of the church especially, but young activists or anyone on social media who are outspoken have a lot of hate and a lot of oh, man. stuff coming <laughs> at Definitely. you. Even like, so only for two podcasts now, yours and Sister Bethany's, um, I tweeted out like, Catholic Twitter, what do you want to hear from these people? And I wouldn't say, there was some weird stuff on Sister Bethany's. Or Sister Bethany. Yeah. There was weird stuff on yours, but there was funny stuff, but like, not necessarily a lot of substance in both of those <laughs> cases. But I don't know. I found that there is a fair amount of hate to Catholics on Twitter. Mm. Um, people find their way into the Catholic Twitter universe and like to knock it down a little bit. Mm-hmm. So how do you guys deal with that? I, I like the blocking and muting idea, <laughs> mm. but like like knowing that if someone, it's not worth it. Yeah. Yeah. There are, There is a lot to be said for the lovingly responding to someone who has legitimate anger and wounds and... And you need to put, you know, the balm of the spirit onto these wounds and pray for them. And then there are people that you just need to make fun of because they're not coming from a place of of genuine sincerity. (laughs) They're coming from a place of wanting to tear down for the sake of destruction. And there's, it's kind of fun. (laughs) um, You know, when, when someone says something really dumb and everybody just comments the fedora Shrek under them and you could just like scroll down and only Mm -hmm. see like fedora Shrek or fedora Margaret Singer. (laughs) There's a f- I've never seen that it's one. So Only Martin Luther has funny. seen that one. And the uh, the idea, you know, if you say something that's um, really unintelligently atheist, Catholic Twitter will swarm oh, yes. you with a bunch of posts of uh, Shrek wearing a fedora. <laughs> Which again is that context thing. Yeah, you right. Like <laughs> if you say something that's um, so pro-abortion that it's racist, Catholic Twitter will swarm you with a picture of. Margaret Sanger wearing uh, wearing yeah. a fedora, and then if you say something that's so um, that's so, so Protestant, so anti Mary that it's also anti Jesus, yeah. you they post uh, Martin Luther wearing a fedora, and it's it's a hard thing to do is to know the difference between something said from woundedness versus something said purely from the sake of yeah. wanting to tear down. But once you know it. Once once someone has crossed that line, your options are block or make fun of. Yeah. And when you're lucky enough to get to make fun of someone, it is fun. <laughs> In all charity. In all know, charity. Yeah. And that's why it's a temptation. You have to work on it. But it is fun. I think uh, keep scrolling. So <laughs> yeah. I will scroll through my notifications and see someone say something nasty, which happens to me a lot. And just keep scrolling because I've learned that it's not worth it to say anything back to them because it's just I get anxious. I spend more time staring at my phone than I need to and it makes me feel bad. Um, And also just replying back and I I reply back all the time and say, thanks, like I'll pray for you. Could you pray for me? 
And that's worked 99% of the time. One person said, don't you dare pray for me. Because, and I thought, that is such a bizarre... That's so yeah. bizarre to me. But they yeah. disliked me so much, they didn't even want my prayers. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So kindness can go a long way sometimes. Thank you, Tony. <laughs> but also, yeah, I mean, I can't say that I haven't... I, I, have, I have definitely jumped in when someone has said something bad. But it's, it's again, it's like that balance of... Is this healthy for me or not? Mm-hmm. That's a conversation you constantly have to be having. True. Yeah. 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 And I imagine also there's a, a balance between how much am I fighting these battles on screen versus like how much am I fighting battles off screen? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. I, I did want to talk about that with you guys. Like you have such a presence online and are online a fair bit. Um, but also there's a balance <laughs> with you're both doing amazing things offline as well. And I mean, I'm just raising kids. I don't know how that's, that's just all right. <laughs> Many of them too. <laughs> yeah, well, I have none of them with me here, so <laughs> it's not as hard as it seems. <laughs> well, that is... Thank you, Karen, for all you're doing. Yeah. Um, so what do we want to take this opportunity? Maybe on the show itself, you guys have introduced yourself generally and kind of your occupations and kids and stuff like that. But do you want to take an opportunity to introduce yourself a little bit further? Um, and like, particularly since we have probably a college age um, predominant audience, like, where'd you go to school? What was that like? How'd you keep the faith in college? That sort of thing. What'd you study? Yeah. How did you keep the faith in college, Tommy? <laughs> <laughs> um, my name is Tommy. I went to the University of California, Santa Barbara. Go Gauchos. Um, Got a bachelor's in psychology. Now I'm a therapist, so that works. If you keep working and taking out student loans, it eventually works. Uh, How did I keep the faith in college? Uh, I went to Mass every Sunday. Uh, We had a very, I guess you could say, like, hippie-ish church, St. Mark's in Isla Vista, um, where, like, the priest wears Birkenstocks Mm -hmm. and sings literally the entire Mass, um, (laughs) where people are sitting in... There's not even pews, there's just chairs, and people sitting in between the lines, like, barefoot. I mean, it's a very loosey-goosey kind of place. But there was a community. Like, when I went to college, I, I... I wish that I could say I kept going to mass because I was already 100% bought into the faith, but I did sort of like kind of drift away a little bit. But I went to mass because of the familiarity of like a place to go to every Sunday that felt like home. That meant a lot to me. So even though maybe that's not like the right reason, that's what kept me there. Um, And luckily I met my wife while I was there and we just kept going to mass together after we kind of moved away from college. So that was very nice. There was no social media when Tommy was in college, and I thank God for that, because I cannot imagine, uh, I guess I'm going to be raising kids in this era, but um, working as a therapist, I come into contact with lots of families or lots of teenagers who are trying to live life in high school and college with social media, and it seems unfair and incredibly difficult um, to go through some, I mean, I'm an adult, so if somebody uh, starts saying terrible things to me on the internet, it's okay. I've like already formed like who I am. I already have like a strength and a self-efficacy that I built up as much as I can over the last <laughs> years. If that happened to me as a teenager, it would be a lot more difficult, especially from people of the same peer group. Um, I mean, kids are terrible enough in person. I can imagine that online, it's really, really hard. So I pray for everybody that's going through that because it's, it's difficult. It makes me wish that we weren't online as much. Hopefully there'll be a change. Like when my kids become teenagers, I hope there's no internet anymore. Yeah. Do you think that might happen? Is there an outside chance? I mean... 
No. We can do it. We could. Just believe You and yourself. me. Yeah, you and me. Let's be the take change. down the internet. Yes. Be the change you wish All to see Catholic in the world. Twitter. All of Catholic Twitter. Catholic Twitter. Yeah. We'll get everyone's, you know, mailing address before it happens, and there then it's gone. But it could be, I mean, the good side of it is um, there's a lot of people who are in college on Catholic Twitter whose faith blows my mind. Yes. Uh, whoops. I, I just, I'm so impressed by these people who are 18, 19, 20, who, are, who already get it. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, dang, I wish I would have been there when I was that age because I spent some years not being in that place. And it's very impressive to witness. So on the flip side, I think there's probably a lot of people who are like searching and, and seeing, you know, like the guys who host a crunch, right? They're mm-hmm. like 21 or something like that. I think they're 21. Yeah. And they're, they're, they're on it already. Like mm-hmm. they get the faith. And that's impressive to me to see. And, and those guys are really cool about admitting where they've grown. They're like, so 38 episodes ago, I said this, and now I know I was wrong mm. because I'm a little bit older now. Yeah. And especially when you're 20 to 21, you're, your opinions are rapidly changing. Your mm. insights are rapidly changing, and they're really honest about that. Yeah, I think a hard thing for that I experienced personally as I had like a reversion in my mid-20s was it was very uh, easy for me to like, I had a reversion, and I was like, kind of hardcore trad and was like if you're not this kind of catholic like you're not doing it right so there is something to be said for like um as you grow older you do like get a little more wisdom too in that way right yeah so hang in there old people aren't all bad they aren't (laughs) just me (laughs) but that's that was my college story what did you do at that jesuitical wasteland in los angeles i went to loyola marymount university uh, in Los Angeles. It is one of the most beautiful campuses in the nation. That's fair. It's absolutely gorgeous. We have a beautiful chapel, Sacred Heart Chapel, which is, again, completely beautiful. And let's see, I studied philosophy and I studied, uh, I got a major in philosophy and a minor in theology and a minor in music because I wanted to be completely unemployable. I was going to say, they're like, Steve, here's a list of the jobs you might be able to get after graduation. Tiny. And it was a blank Yeah, it was a piece blank of paper. Page. It was um, podcast guest. <laughs> it was podcast guest. Or like monk. Monk, basically. <laughs> um, which actually, uh, one of the papers I had to write for my music history class was all on the history of Gregorian chant. That's awesome. Which was so interesting. And um, I could really nerd out about random music stuff. Um, and poor Tommy has heard me nerd out about random music stuff. He just sings while we walk down the street. It's true. It's oppressive. That's amazing. <laughs> And the school I went to, as I hit the microphone, the school I went to was um, Jesuit. So they and they have a lot of you know catchphrases as uh, lots of religious orders do. And so they're things like educating the whole person um, for the greater glory of God. um, Men and women for others. Men and women with and for others. Oh, yeah, we're big on the solidarity in LA. Uh, So men men and women with (laughs) and for others, and uh, contemplatives in action. Uh, you know, th- all of that. And so there's this, uh, and if you're involved, and that was the thing about LMU, you, people ask me, is, that, is this a hotbed of heresy or is this an actual Catholic school? And the answer was that it totally depends on what you wanted it to be. Um, LMU can absolutely be the hotbed of heresy if you go and, and find the heretical students and find, yeah. the, find the activists who want to change the church into their own image of it, uh, you will find that at LMU. If you want to find a place that helps you conform your heart and soul 
into uh, into what Jesus is creating, you will find that too. And and if you're trying to find and one of the most beautiful things about um, about my education there, my formation there, was when you would find people and and a lot and a lot of these people worked for the campus ministry um, who said, "All right, you believe." You have met Jesus. You believe that. What is that going to inspire you to do? And there's, you know, the very, you know, it inspires you to build houses in Mexico this weekend or something like that. But the the idea was like you, what you do or what you believe should flower into an action, and that action should be brought back into your prayer, and these so that you can bring those actions to God. And that's where the the idea of contemplative in action um, can really start to grow, which they, they're very proud of that idea they, that they are contemplatives in action, uh, is, is we pray deeply and we believe deeply and that belief spurs action and, um, and, and that action usually involved in some sort of solidarity, some sort of, and that's where I learned a lot about listening to the people in need. They are the ones that, sh- that are going to tell you what's happening what what their needs are, how how you are helping and how you aren't helping, and that will challenge you, and and you will be wrong multiple times, and you have to go back and pray about it, and this sort of cycle of action and prayer only happens to the people who have faith, and the Jesuits are very uh, open to working with people without faith, but you can you can usually tell these people are good people, but they don't have that self-sustaining cycle of grace that happens with of faith and then action and then back to faith and prayer and that what that's what was taught to me along with they just have a really good philosophy department (laughs) absolutely phenomenal (laughs) philosophy department and i used to tell people if you want to find out what's trendy and cool in in um in academia go to the theology department if you want to actively search for what's true go to the philosophy department and I think that's kind of true across most Jesuit yes, schools. Yes, it is. I was very surprised about that, mm-hmm. that in the philosophy department, like, if you want Augustine, go there. Yeah. But if you want, like, Karl Rahner, von Balthasar, or, mm-hmm. like, anything that happened in the past 100 years, theology department. Yeah. 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 I, I was a little surprised. I went in as I went in as a theology and physics double major. Fun. <laughs> I very quickly <laughs> dropped the physics, and now I'm theology and environmental science with a minor in journalism. Ah, Who knows what will stay and what will go? It's a longer list of jobs at the end than Steve had. So (laughs) I think we're proud of you. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. (laughs) Journalism. I I know. I did just write a really interesting music paper, or I thought it was very interesting. I took a theology class on the ethics of artificial intelligence this year. Uh And my final paper and presentation that I just gave this morning, and then the 10-page paper I just handed in, um, was about... AI music composition. Whoa, that's cool. Okay, so is AI music music yes yeah it, yes is it ethical is it beautiful is it i'm ab- asking you oh what were your conclusions oh dear. um i said that it is ethical because it passes all of the robotics laws and principles that it's not going to hurt anyone yeah um but it can't create beautiful music on its own it has to start with music from someone else beautiful and then learn from it because mm-hmm. ai it can't come up with anything on its own um it just so you have to start with beauty, and beauty is something innate to the sacramental vision of humans, um, and then they replicate the beauty. So AI cannot create beauty, but we can, and they can mimic it. 
So that was my take. I'm so, all in on her conclusion. Don't even try to go against it. No, 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 no. <laughs> because like, because the thing is, a person can be tricked into th- yes. thinking that a piece of music is beautiful. Yeah. So, because there are pieces of AI music that I figure, oh, that's pretty. Yeah. And I'll even call it beautiful. Mm-hmm. So, what's the difference between a piece of music that tricks you into thinking it's beautiful versus an actual beautiful piece of music? And can the listener tell, or is that just something one must learn because they were told? This mm. is artificial and this is human-based. The conclusion we came to, yeah, we did have a conversation like maybe AI music is just like pleasing to the ear and everything else is like Gregorian chant is actually beautiful. Um, but we kind of came to the conclusion that like it it's all beautiful, but we have to recognize that the beauty, where the beauty is coming from. Like there's a chain of beauty. So the beauty in the AI mm-hmm. music is coming from the music that came before it. And that, mu- that beauty is coming from the beauty within us, which comes from beauty itself. Because AI music has come from... You have to tell it rules about music yes. before it So it has composes. to learn from, yeah. like, a bank of music that's yeah. already established. Yeah. So, like, yes, it can be beautiful, but it can't on its own, which is actually interesting. The copyright laws in the U.S., if AI creates music, it's the copyright still lies with the artist who created the bank of songs that it learned from. Really? Yes. Which, so I think the copyright laws have some have theological truth. Right, yeah. yeah. So, okay, so... If AI can only have beauty in as much as a human gave it beauty, could you say the same thing about a human and God? Probably. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. Like beauty is just transcendent through different levels. Yeah. Yeah. Because, like, you know, an AI can't make anything ex nihilo. Yeah. Same as us. We We only synthesize new things. Yeah. So maybe, like, the ability to create beauty from nothingness, like, decreases as we go from <laughs> God to us to AI. Down to, like, a rock and like that. <laughs> yeah, just not zero. turning out much. Yeah, zero beautiful music. That's really cool. That's a really cool project. Yeah, that, that was my morning this morning. <laughs> Steve is now going to enroll in a PhD program. I know. It was nice knowing you, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> All three people that would actually take me in that very cool. Come come to BC. Come to the SDM. I'm taking classes next semester. Oh, gosh. Yes. <laughs> come live in Boston 24-7. There you go. Yes, yeah. I've got a friend who's been tempting me to go to the SDM for like the last three years. Mm-hmm. So, yes. dang it. He's going to hear this yeah. podcast and go, Yes, <laughs> yeah. You can be near the mother house all the time. Would you like to tell me what you guys are doing at the mother house later? What are we doing later? Later today? Tonight at 7 p.m., starting at 7 with evening prayer, is yeah. the... Catholic Twitter meetup at the Daughters of St. Paul Mother House in Jamaica Plains, Massachusetts. Massachusetts. And we're actually not entirely sure the number of people who's going to show up. But we did, we've, people have been tweeting about the road trips they're taking to Boston yes. today. Oh my goodness. And it's really exciting. The, the, you know, online communities are online. So, any chance you get to meet people in, in a friendly way like this is is a big privilege and a joy. And anything with the sisters at all is a privilege and a joy just because of who they are. So I, I helped prep the food, so I know it's going to be good. Yeah. <laughs> I scooped the mozzarella out of the jar. That's good. <laughs> it will be mozzarella. But it'll be a good time. It's always fun. Yeah, it's awkward at first mm-hmm. and then becomes fun. Yeah, yeah. but the, the daughters are incredible. Uh, living with them has been infinitely better than living in a hotel. Mm-hmm. We haven't seen CNN once, which happened every morning in the hotel. So <laughs> what a joy, huh? So you guys are staying? I didn't. I yeah, didn't we're staying that. in the guest rooms there. It's 
awesome. Okay. Morning prayer, mass. Morning prayer, mass, and breakfast with the sisters. Yeah. That's so awesome. And that makes sense. I saw the, um, I think it was on your Twitter, the... um, Starring Tommy, yeah, and someone was yeah. very hurt. That I know someone felt Steve wouldn't them. recover, but yours says starring Stephen Lewis on, or starring Steve the missionary. Oh, I haven't on taken the... my desk or I've taken a picture of my door. Don't worry, okay. I have my own door. All right, okay. He's not hurt. Star- starring Steve the missionary. All right, okay. he's not hurt. He's fine. I'm yes. fine. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Someone was very concerned about that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's. So we have to wrap up in a little bit. Oh, so no. we we have a little surprise at the end. But before we get to the surprise, um. We let's talk about the show for a couple more minutes. I have a couple questions based on I don't know. We've talked about social media and the joys and struggles and hate or I don't know, just struggles overall <laughs> that have come from that. Um, I wanted to ask you guys if you have learned anything from the show. Maybe something that you're changing between season one and season two, or some approach. <laughs> uh, What's the first thing that came to your mind? Was it the know thy sister? Know thy sister. Oh, we uh, had a segment in the first season called Know Thy Bishop, where we had people tweet, um, hey, send us what bishop you think is doing awesome work, and we will highlight them on the show. So we highlighted 10 bishops. Um, the problem with making TV, unless you do it live, is that there's a lot of lag time between the recording and the air date. So last year, we recorded in July. And it aired in October. And I don't know how well people have their memories going, but in between July and October of 2018, things were not going good for the church and for bishops bishops specifically. Um, And a few of the, maybe a couple of the bishops made the show a little bit dicey. Mm. You know, I think one in particular. There was one bishop where we weren't sure if we were going to actually air. That episode. And so we switched it to Know Thy Sister because nuns don't ever do no. anything wrong. Yeah. I mean, there was those gambling ones. We talked about that. But in general, it's a much safer bet. So that was something we definitely changed right away. That's a... Are you having difficulties? I can't hear you guys anymore. Oh, no. Keep keep talking, I guess. I'm right here, Steve. <laughs> okay. Can you hear me? We're here. Okay. okay. <laughs> um, That... That is a really So that good changed from season one. Yes. Yeah, that had to change. That, that had to change. That's smart. That was yeah. a creative fix to that problem. Because yeah. this time it's it's April right now. So we're talking about six months until the show airs. Do you know? I mean, people are like, oh, the church is so slow. But do you know how much news is going to break about yes. the church in the next six months? <laughs> you know? Hopefully all good. Yeah. Yeah. But prepare for anything. Do you know how much opportunity the bishops have to get in <laughs> yes, as a Catholic journalist, yes. Yeah, so, <laughs> yeah you know. So you we know. decided not to take that risk anymore. Yeah. And it was so much fun uh, yeah. reading up on um, the sisters across the United States. And the young ones, the older ones. The dead ones, the, the dead living ones. ones. The living yep. ones. Uh, and, and just the different, the different orders. Because what I love about the way um, the women religious is kind of set up in the world, in the United States in particular, is that each one like they're in little chunks and little communities that have their own mission so the daughters of saint paul have this mission to media and their prayer and their community is all like you know has a trajectory toward this mission and there are we sisters of life the sisters of life have a trajectory toward a very specific mission we have these cloister nuns up in connecticut uh, and they they're a, they're a monastic mission with like a couple outreaches to the community, mm-hmm. and and to watch that kind of that spirit show up in different ways across different women is exciting. Yeah. One of the best parts about doing anything with the Catholic Church is when things get exciting. Or, mm-hmm. And um, our segment, No Thy Sister, gets to highlight really cool stuff. 
That's so I'm so happy awesome. about that. We've also learned how to not get in each other's boxes. There's a couple segments <laughs> where we are in a box, like a news show. And last yeah. season, we frequently stuck our hand into the other person's box, which mm-hmm. looks really terrible. And I think we're doing better, we're doing I better. hope. Yeah. And I've learned not to blow out my mic. I haven't. And I also haven't learned uh, how not to spit on Steve or in his <laughs> coffee mug in particular. Mea culpa. It's okay. It's okay. I feel like there should be a list. I was just telling someone this morning. There should be a list or a book or maybe like some shared Google Doc, maybe on Catholic Twitter, of all of like the, the weird things that we encounter in Catholic media. <laughs> and that, yeah. that bishop problem. That, it's a little weird. That's, I will yeah. say, though, when we said, hey, throw out your favorite bishop and we'll highlight them, we literally got 10 responses which was 10 episodes when we said tell us some sisters who are doing cool stuff you want us to talk about on the show there was like a hundred yeah so that says a lot about um where we're trying to find our inspiration Mm -hmm. for holiness i Mm -hmm. think and it's powerful so i'm glad we're highlighting them yeah they deserve it yeah that is so beautiful i have a question though so how did are there any daughters of saint paul there's three (laughs) okay i was gonna ask how did you choose (laughs) yeah there's three and um you did. You did two of them. I did two of them. I did Sister Bethany. Uh, yeah, nice. Sister Bethany, yes, and I had she had to ask permission uh, to her superior. Yes, which she did for the podcast yeah, as well. Okay. Yeah, and then she basically wrote it. She's like, "Here's what my superior said that you could say about me." Huh. So that was great because I didn't have to write anything. <laughs> I liked that. Uh, we picked based on people requesting. I think. Okay. Or the the two that I wrote up, yeah. right? People asked for people Sister Teresa, yeah, right? Up and yeah. ask Sister Teresa or something yeah, like that, right? And uh, and then I just kind of scoured their Twitter feed and said, oh yeah, they do this and this and this, and then ta da, I yeah. wrote a script. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> but they, I mean, most people know about them, I guess, that are online, but yeah. not everybody who watches Catholic TV is online. Mm-hmm. So true, very true. It's good to spread the word. Yeah. All right, are you guys ready? We have to we have to wrap up in a sec, but we've been ending each segment with something. Our Catholic quick questions speed yes. round. All right. You guys ready for that? Right. I'm cracking my knuckles. Okay. Uh, no, you can't hear it. There's always been something strange. Sister Bethany and I <laughs> talked about goats. We ended up talking. She about, grew up on a goat farm. Yes, right. We talked about goats for <laughs> a while. The the first episode with this youth minister, we ended up talking about otters, and like there's a whole Aww. moral to the story of otters holding hands. And oh, that's cute. Can we be cute like that? I hope so. <laughs> we have to try. So Let's try our best. All right, I'm putting on my cute hat here. Actually, I like this table because Steve can't reach me and touch me, which is a problem on the show. <laughs> You know, I was going to put you guys next to each other. No, this but... is better. <laughs> I'm like grabbing his hand. Show. A lot of fun. I love that. All right. Catholic quick question number one. What's your favorite book of the Bible? Uh, the Gospel of Luke. For some reason, I want to say Japheth. That's not a book of the Bible. <laughs> Tobit. In true Catholic fashion. Tobit. <laughs> Tobit. Okay. Is there any reasoning behind Is it the That's... bird poop? Yeah, it's the bird yeah. poop one. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> There's a scene in the Book of Tobit where um, the, uh, Tobias, right? Yes, yeah. Uh, who is presented as like the moral guy. Um, he falls asleep next to a wall, and a yeah, wall, and a bird wall, is right? yeah. a bird is uh, on top of the wall and poops in his eye, and he's blind for like the rest right. of the story. Yeah, that's right. And, and and the moral of the story is supposed to be like your moral goodness does not like make your life good, make I guess, your life right? yeah. easier per right. se. But the moral I get is don't fall asleep next to walls or face up next to walls. Yeah. <laughs> also, St. Raphael makes an appearance as a dog, right? Yes. Which is pretty epic. The I book mean, of Tobit is where we get, um, where we know, we learn about St. Raphael. 
Oh my gosh, is it Raphael? Raphael? And not Raphael. Raphael is the ninja turtle. <laughs> Raphael is the. <laughs> um, it's um, it's a book of the Bible that is explicitly known to be fiction. It is a series of stories, and it's but it's also extremely fun and cool and human. It's about people falling in love. It's there's a great chapter that's just a fight between a husband and a wife. And um, and the wife wins. There's a great, uh, yeah. There's a great story about trust, and there's a lot of grief and rebirth, and and it's quick, <laughs> and uh, and so and it it doesn't get bogged down with a lot of like uh, weird details. It just kind of goes, and it's and it's one of the um, deuterocanonical books. Yeah. So it's yes. one of those. Catholic only books. Don't go looking it up in your King James, James. Bible, James. friends. So it's Actually, I think it is in the King James right. Bible, but yeah, that so was bad. So it's tons of fun to read, and you get a little bit of ownership of it, too. Also, tip for the next time you have Steve on the podcast, define what quick questions means. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> quick question. Book of happened i think every episode and it's now just a running joke that the quick questions aren't uh-huh. quick but so yes well, i agree the book of japheth if you find J- it japheth <laughs> chapter five <laughs> verse two not in king james nowhere it's yeah nowhere. just nowhere it's a very catholic book it's oh, locked yes. up it's chained up somewhere we actually that can be your answer to the next one i was going to ask you what's your favorite book in general not catholic but if you write a book with that title that could be it <laughs> Jaden by Steve the Missionary. (laughs) It's a Gnostic gospel. (laughs) You have the book. Oh, gosh. Your favorite book? Yeah. Let's go. Oh. Yeah. Uh, The um, A Canticle for Leibowitz. Okay. Post-apocalyptic monastic fiction. Yes. 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 My, this is a long story. I have a linguistics major senior friend at BC who's my prayer partner in the women's Catholic group. And she just read it. And every prayer partner meeting... Camilla would you tell me about it. You have to read it. I, I, I guess so I have good. to now. Awesome. I am going to say All the Way to Heaven uh, by Dorothy Day, Ooh. which is a collection of letters that she wrote that I'm shocked are published because they're personal letters. And they're great because it's it goes throughout her time. So it's not just like when she was in The Catholic Worker. It's like her very angsty late teen, early 20s life writing letters to her lover like one page is like don't ever leave me all i think about is you you're the best thing in my life and then you literally turn the page and it's like april 24th and it's like april 25th don't ever come around here again i hate your guts uh you're the worst person that ever lived like that's the beginning and so it's really kind of fun but then of course later as you move on it's it's uh more powerful spiritually right she writes letters back and forth with thomas merton Mm -hmm. with uh you know the barrigans the good old Berrigans. So, yeah, mm-hmm. fascinating window into her life. Okay. Yeah. That's – all right. Putting that on my list All the way to heaven. Read. It's gigantic. It's like 700 pages long. Hmm, so that's a summer project. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's right. no Tobit, but, you know. Tobit's nice and short. It's great. Yeah. Yep. All right. What's your favorite and your least favorite social media platform to share the faith? Oh, specifically for sharing the faith. Uh, or I guess in general. You gotta say YouTube, Steve. Well, oh yeah, my favorite. Well, the favorite for sharing the faith, absolutely YouTube. Um, my least favorite, I guess, would be Snapchat. Mm, yeah. I agree. Way too much work for way too little payback. Yes. Yeah, but and it's so funny. YouTube is like trying to be the social media, but that is also a TV station. And it's like <laughs> just be, just be the video yeah. website. Be who you are. You can just be that. Mm-hmm. 
I, as a YouTuber, would appreciate it if you were just the video website. <laughs> uh, Twitter is the best, and I don't. I only I only have Instagram other than that, which is fine, except for I don't like taking pictures of myself, so I have nothing to post. <laughs> but I'm going to say Facebook is the worst, even though I don't have Facebook and don't know anything about it. It sounds terrible. Okay. Any. This is actually an interesting. We've had this conversation before because Michaela, our first guest, deleted her Facebook. Uh, Any reasoning why you don't have a Facebook? Um, it seems uh, nastier, I think. But the the main reason I don't have it is because I had it in 2008, and literally 20 people were my friend. And I have a much larger family than that. So I figured if even my own family isn't interested in what I'm doing, <laughs> I might as well delete it. And I never went back. That's awesome. 20. When, when I go to Thanksgiving dinner at my wife's house, or at my wife's family's house, there's literally like 28 people there. <laughs> None of them cared about the tamales I was making the one Christmas I had Facebook. So I deleted it. But it does generally people that post screenshots of Facebook on Twitter, they're really bad. Like, yeah. it's bad stuff, and okay. it doesn't seem productive at all to me. Nope. I don't know. A lot more angsty than Twitter can get, yeah. I feel like, all the time. I think it's because so the old weird. people know how to use it. That's the problem with <laughs> the app. Is it, is it an app or just, a, you say, a website? It is. I don't know. It's, it's, I don't know. Yeah. Both. All of the above. That was, like, when our, when our parents' generation, God love them, started to get a hold of email, and then you started getting all these emails, and, and I'd have to be like, please, um, run your emails through Snopes before you forward yeah. them to me but then they moved on to facebook mm, yeah. so yeah god help us if they get to twitter <laughs> my mom's on twitter well i bet she's lovely <laughs> she likes your tweets <laughs> all right next question what's your favorite musician or band dang i have kids now so i don't even like music anymore i don't even know what to say oh no okay uh my all-time favorite band um, is Real Big Fish, the ska band yes. from the 90s. So <laughs> if I had to pick, if it was like you're going to have one album to listen to for the rest of your life, I would pick a Real Big Fish album. I don't know. I don't think anybody likes ska anymore. Is that not cool? I do. Well, I know you do. <laughs> <laughs> if you were born in the 80s and in California, you like you ska. Like ska. That's true. Yeah. But oh. in real life, people don't anymore, huh? Not if That's you're born bad. in the 2000s. Does it ever come, doesn't it come back? Like swing music came it's back? It's come back. Yeah. yeah. I, I heard on the radio like last year. Should we start a ska band? We should 100 My son has a trumpet. <gasps> Can your son be in our ska band? <laughs> Maybe. I mean, who else are we going to get? That's true. That's awesome. So yes, Real Big Fish. R-E-E-L. It's yes, a pun too. Real so. Big Fish. I appreciate that. <laughs> um, this guy's going to say some musical. Here it comes. Well, the greatest composer of all time is Stephen Sondheim. Thank you very much. Um, I was waiting for Gregorian chant. Yeah, say Gregorian chant. Uh, Chris Thiele is the is my favorite musician. He is the mandolin player for Punch Brothers and uh, Goat Rodeo Sessions and Nickel Creek, and he has his own solo career. Very cool. And he is a phenomenal musician. And really funny and a great songwriter. And it, I've been known to like give people like intro courses in Chris Thiele music. <laughs> that I've never heard that. And then like on their Facebook is just like a long chain of videos you have to watch now to understand how good of a musician he is. Um, so Chris Thiele from all of those bands. 
if you're Catholic, if, if that's what you want, you can get on Spotify and listen to the Daughters of St. Paul. Yes. Uh, the album. Norbertines from St. Michael's Abbey are incredible. Or Harrison Lemke. Or Harrison Lemke on Bandcamp. On Bandcamp. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. And my Life Teen program is about to uh, launch their first CD. Oh, nice. how cool. That's yes. exciting. Yes. Um, all right. Next question. This is actually a good one. And I'm. I'm They've all been good. They've oh, all been good. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> Have you ever been recognized outside of the show, from the show? From the show? I mean, I've had people at my or parish maybe say from that Twitter. they've seen the show. Yes. Yeah. Mostly, I think that happens at my parish. One time, uh, I went to uh, a CL. Uh, group thing we were going to like a skilled nursing facility to go sing for uh to people who were there which is like going to sing to people is a very cl thing to do i guess uh-huh. somebody came up to me and i introduced myself as tommy and he looked at me and said wait is your last name ty and i was like yeah and he said and someone else said oh you know him and he responded by saying oh no i, I know him from twitter and i immediately <laughs> got that hot feeling inside going <laughs> oh no because Sometimes I tweet jokes, and it's embarrassing. It's a little embarrassing, right? Yeah. There's a great anonymity of the screen, I mm-hmm. think. Um, but that was kind of fun. That was nice. There was, like, an instant connection. He cool. didn't seem to not like anything that I tweeted, which is good. That's good. If, when people at, at my parish, like, outside after mass, like, hey, I follow you on Twitter, I'm like, ugh. I've had someone come up at the parish and say, um, when I get up to sing, I'm terrified that I'm going to do something wrong because I think you're going to tweet about it. And I try to reassure them and say I would never do that. And all of my tweets that say canter, it's make-believe. It didn't actually happen. It's a joke. I would never actually tweet about something like a canter tripping or something. I only kind of believe you. (laughs) (laughs) That's a fair fair assessment. I've been recognized at the Seek conference put on by Focus before. Yes, I was there. Uh, That was a lot of fun. People were like, hey, it's Steve the Missionary. And I felt like like a celebrity. Um, and then one time I was at a friend's house and, uh, and it was like my friend's daughter's birthday. So the grandma was there, her, her mother was there and she knew me and she like gave you a big hug and like, we got a picture together. That was so funny and adorable. That's cute. It was so cute. Yeah. That's so yeah, one time in my friend's backyard, I was nice. Yeah. <laughs> I was recognized in my friend's backyard <laughs> as I was breaking into the property, and he goes, "Oh, never mind. Put the phone down. It's Steve. It's Steve. You don't need to call the cops." <laughs> and he was like, "You remember? You know me? You recognize me?" <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, but I, I agree that that age group of Catholic TV viewers is. I, I have a mini series on Catholic TV, and that it, it was not people in my parish. It was. Mostly older women, mm-hmm. who I think maybe the blinks came on after mass or something, um, but in very random places. But Right? You're, like, out having a snack at four, and they're like, you eat dinner here, too? Yes. You're just like us. Yeah. The church still exists because of older women. Yes. Let's be real. Yes. They are praying a lot for us. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah. What's like Matthew Kelly calls them the prayerful giants in his mm. Four Signs of a Dynamic Catholic, which is a really good book. There you go. Yes. All right. I hope I get one of those signs in my personal life. Do Eventually. I? One of the four, yeah. at least. Four. Yeah. And what is it? Prayer, study, generosity, and evangelization. Okay, prayer. <laughs> it would be my one. <laughs> evangelization. Thank I, you. I hope. All right. Yes. I'll take it. Yeah. Um, I think I think that's actually one of the questions. What's your favorite way to pray or form of prayer? Oh, go ahead, Steve. Uh, right now, the Jesus prayer, ah. um, and, which I just talked about on the show. Or no, you and, will. I will. Yeah. The um, a friend of mine made me um, a prayer rope 
with a hundred knots in it. And um, I've been praying the Jesus prayer and it's been really changing my prayer and my relationship with Jesus and my relationship with the idea of praying. And I, I'm so excited <laughs> for what, whatever it's going to do yeah. next to me. So yeah, the, right now the Jesus prayer. That's so uh, awesome. Which is um, repeating over and over, Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on me, a sinner. Um, and then if you're praying in silence, your prayer is when you breathe in, Jesus Christ, Son of God, and while you're breathing out, have mercy on me, a sinner. I like that. Yeah. Which is also one of the four active contritions that you can say That's true. in confession. Mm-hmm. Don't let a priest tell you otherwise because it's in the book if he's following the book. Just saying. A priest told me one time yeah. that I couldn't Acting say like that. my priest follow the book. <laughs> I'm like, open the book. He's like, what book? <laughs> um, my favorite uh, prayer, uh, two things I would mention would be the seven sorrows rosary or the servite rosary, uh, meditating on Mary's seven sorrows because I'm Catholic. And so I like to do the dark stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and also... Uh, the divine office. I, I pray the liturgy or the little office of the Blessed Virgin Mary, which I like um, because it's just uh, easier to find what I'm supposed to pray than the actual liturgy of the hours. <laughs> so true. Um, right? It's just like one ribbon. There's yes. one ribbon. That's all it takes. Um, we were praying morning prayer today, and like three times, Sister Marlene had to be like, flip to page 340. I'm like, okay, thank you. Um, so those are the two. Seven Sorrows Rosary. Highly recommend it. And uh, the little office, which is a very cheap, small book that you can get on Amazon. Um, and it's fantastic. It's a good way to pray throughout the day. Yes. I, I made that switch from the Liturgy of the Hours to the Little Office. Yeah, I mean, the app makes it, like, iBrievery makes it pretty easy. Yes. yeah. Um, but then, uh, I don't know. There is something about holding a book mm-hmm. when you're praying as opposed to looking at your screen. Um, but iBrievery is really good. But holding that book is great. I pray it at work so people kind of see the book, uh, which I think is kind of nice. Yeah. 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 All right. What's your confirmation saint? confirmation name uh gregory gregory the great (laughs) gregorian chan oh the male patron of music okay i like it i'm uh jay the b john the baptist of course uh as a teenager when he's when you know that he wasn't worthy to loosen the straps on jesus's sandals um, that really spoke to me so i picked him out of my humility so steve went with the great great and i went with the most humble saint in history it's pretty good (laughs) Or Mary would be the most humble saint in history. I stand corrected. Thank you. Yeah. Okay. The first saint to be uh, the saint after uh, the first male saint to have accepted Jesus by leaping in the womb and receiving his grace. Okay. Is that true? Is that theologically accurate? Would they allow that at the Jesuit school (laughs) at BC? That's got allow any of it. I don't know. I had a conversation about leaven versus unleavened bread this morning. It's fine. fine. I mean, he had a pretty good ending, too. Getting his head chopped off and served on a platter is a pretty epic way to go out. Good opera, by the way. There's an opera about that? Yeah, it's called Salome, so it's named after uh, his Ah, daughter. Yeah. But it's about the beheading of John the Baptist. Incredible. Phenomenal. That's weird and modern, but phenomenal. Okay. Yeah. I went to the cave where he was beheaded when I was in Israel last August. It's very cool, but it's also not what you expect. Like, it's in Herod's palace, so it's like beautiful old palace ruins and then you go down and there's like graffiti everywhere and you're like this is where and it's like oh. two feet like oh, yeah yeah wow. i'm like how did two people fit there in order to do the beheading i, I don't know brutal oh. stuff there's brutal your stuff. fun fact stuff. Yeah. yeah yep all right moving on from that um <laughs> maybe 
on the note of travel. We should have talked about otters. I mean, like, we should, I know. <laughs> goats. <laughs> goats, otters, we and beheadings. You were trying beheadings. to be cute, and you're the one that went for John's beheading. <laughs> my bad. My yes. bad. I apologize. Uh, it's fine. We need Sister Bethany and her goats back. <laughs> All right. If you could meet any pope, who would it be? Living or dead? Any. Okay. Because, I mean... You know, living. There's two of them. <laughs> that yeah. is the most we've ever had to choose from. At least you have a choice now. That's true. Yeah. That's very true. I would choose Saint Sylvester. No, he's not a saint. I would choose Pope Sylvester because he is the first pope who wasn't also a saint. And I just want to know what his deal is. Oh. Like every saint before him Every and a pope before after him, him was Saint so-and-so. Uh, he was the and first Sylvester. Is like, I just want to know what his deal is. Yeah. Did he get forgotten about in the canonization process? no clue. Like, that's what I want to ask. How long he was he Pope heroic. for? I forget. I don't know. Maybe he was the first one that wasn't martyred. Maybe he died naturally. Oh, that might have oh, been it. That could true. Be. Yeah. Yeah. Because wasn't like, the first like 70 oh, were martyred? Boom, boom, boom. <laughs> I think. They're That's like, insane. we chose you. And they're like, no. <laughs> <laughs> no. I'm going to die in three days. Yeah. <laughs> I guess if you got elected Pope, then it was like, you're getting in. It's That's good. True. That was a good time yeah. to go to heaven. Um, I'm going to just go with the obvious John Paul II, um, which I know isn't as cool as a pope named after a cat from a children's cartoon. <laughs> that's but that's how that naming worked. They picked Sylvester the cat Sylvester after the pope. Sylvester the cat came first, <laughs> and then Sylvester the pope came second. Wow, that's an old cartoon. <laughs> um, everyone who met JP2 says that he was like radically present to them in a way that no other human being has been. And I'd like to experience that. Just someone who's actually paying attention to you, like, with their whole being sounds really nice. Um, yeah, plus he's cool. He's a pretty cool guy. True. I should probably have said Gregory the Great because that's my confirmation. <laughs> yeah, you blew that. <laughs> it's okay. okay. It's all right. <laughs> all right. That's all I have for quick questions. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Very quick, I know. We're super speedy. Um, like, we need to wrap this up 45 minutes later. <laughs> Let me tell you another story about Sylvester the Cat. <laughs> Cats. That's our animal. Each yes. episode. Yes. Each episode cute. has an animal. Yep. Congratulations. There we go. We went from beheading to cats. We started with fun. dogs, though, with St. Raphael. Oh, right. Dogs and cats. Okay. And otters and goats. It's all good. <laughs> we have a farm on this podcast. It's great. Forget climbing to the heights of mountains. We have farmland. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> um, do you guys have any – well, I don't even know how to – how to word this. Do you guys have any advice for the listeners of the podcast, knowing that there's a lot of college students listening in any parting words from your own journeys? Um, what do you want to leave the listeners with? <laughs> Big questions around here. I know <laughs> coming from cats and dogs. I'll go Steve. So you can think. Yeah. So I'll say the dumb thing. Cause I'm not thinking. And okay. then you can have the okay. thoughtful finish. Okay. Um, I, like this. I would say pray and fast. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, prayer is important. I know, right? Like, but even if you just pray before you go to bed, just that one time, that can be really powerful and can really change things for you because um, it really works. Even when it doesn't work, it's working because it's really helping you to grow. Um, and then fasting is, uh, to me, it's the only, and I, I say this uh, only for people who don't have or have overcome an eating disorder, obviously, because then fasting is not right for you. And please don't do that. But for everyone else, fasting is so powerful because it's like the one thing, you know, it's like every day I wake up and I go, I am not going to sin today. That's my goal. I am not, or I'll even pick one. I'm not going to gossip at work today. And I fail 
constantly. But if I wake up in the morning and make the commitment to fast until dinner, let's say, that's something that I can do um, because it's just like, don't do this one thing. And I can make that like avoid the thing easier than avoiding the temptation of sin sometimes. And it's really, really powerful um, to be able to offer up prayers for people through your fasting. I know when people were praying for me when I was going through a hard time in life, one person on Twitter replied and said, I skipped lunch today and offered it up for you. And that meant so much to me because that was like, they really actually like sacrificed. So um, I think it's a powerful way to pray for people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, date in college. Cause the dating scene is so much more difficult once you leave. That's my thoughtful. <laughs> <laughs> um, Super deep. Uh, the other one is, <laughs> What kind of podcast is this? A Catholic Match podcast? Yes, it is. Yep. Um, We're going for cute. The, yes, that was cute. Dating college is really cute, college, though. Thank you. The 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 problem with like words of wisdom is that the best words of wisdom always sound like trite and fake mm. when you immediately hear it, especially if you are the kind of cynical person. That, um, <laughs> Which is usually a person who's between 18 and 21. So Yes. Yeah, I agree. So especially when you're talking to someone who you know is wise, let yourself be more open to the tritest, simplest, dumbest thing they say. That's my, that's my words of wisdom. That is I true. think those words of wisdom were to the point and serious. Thank you. I liked it. Yeah. No, yeah. I like that. Very good words of wisdom. I also, I appreciate your eating disorder comment. Those. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you, Those yeah. I mean, I'm a therapist said. and it's like you, I think we all look for excuses to like play into things that are a struggle for us. Right. And so fast, the whole Catholic world, especially on two days a year are like fast, fast, fast. And it, you know, it doesn't have to be right. It yeah. can be dangerous for people. So keep True. an eye out on that. Yep. Yeah. Good conversation all around. Yep. All right. Well, thank you guys so much for coming and laughing about goats and who knows what else. <laughs> thank, you so thank you so much. Yeah. yeah thank you for having awesome. us. What a fun thing to do. Thank you. I'm, I'm hoping and praying that season two is successful. So thank, thank you so you. much. Thank and you. And I love doing much. this because we can't see our faces on a monitor. This is so much better because <laughs> yeah. we both yes. have faces for radio. We do. We really do. <laughs> <laughs> and with that, we'll see you next week. <laughs> Bye. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the To the Heights podcast. And a huge thank you to Tommy Ty and Steve the Missionary for making the time to come up from the Repentance Smith studio up to the recording studio. You guys are doing amazing things for the church. So thank you for that gift of you. We had a lot of fun and a lot of laughs here in the studio. So I hope you enjoyed listening in and I hope you have some takeaways of journeying toward the Lord joyfully and reaching to the heights. If you want to stay up to date with Repent and Submit, then follow them on Twitter at RepentSubmitCTV, or follow Tommy at the GH is Silent, or Steve at Steve Missionary. And be sure to catch up on Season 1 at CatholicTV.org to get ready for Season 2 this fall of 2019. Be sure to tune in next week for a group of guests who I am very excited to share with you. But until then, you can find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at to the Heights CTV, or find me at OliviaRose underscore art or OliviaRoseArt.com. Talk to you next week and keep on reaching to the heights. <laughs> <laughs>